1: Jelini, the fan, 680 and 93, 7FM. You're on a Thursday morning into the afternoon. It's our X platform question of the day. Today is National Kite Flying Day. So, what's your favorite song about flying, D'Amino? That is
2: our next
1: platform question. So this isn't exactly about flying, but I think it was Charlie's walk-up song.
2: That's fair enough. Charlie kind of did one of these he looked around and i think it hit him that's
1: i noticed Yeah, you
3: know yeah him. y'all y'all's y'all, are, y'all are slid yeah we are on like top
1: it. of things like nobody
2: else charlie Culverson is here in the studio how many, how many different walk up songs do you think you had in your career
3: okay. i'm how not sure but change? i think i only had one with the braves okay and proud was of that there yeah you hey, guys awesome. so, yeah, yeah these guys sort so.
2: of just play what's hot and then you just you found something and stuck with
3: it i stuck with it here in atlanta yeah that's, so that was
1: kind of cool you're trying something new now though for those that don't know the last time you pitched a lot was when you were a what senior at calhoun high like 17
3: years ago that's right yeah here we are doing it again and, and so now excited.
1: yes uh here you are what what led to first of all this decision i know that you did it here and there in the major leagues but what made you want to try this as a full-time position
3: yeah i mean let's be honest like everybody's career changes and I didn't really have that super luxury of finishing out as the utility player that i kind of was at the big league level and teams just kind of go on, they move on unless you're, unless you're the superstar that's playing every day. Like they're going to find new guys that fill that spot. And I think I told somebody the other day, like I feel like I'm capable of continuing to be that, you know, solid utility player here. Um, but again, teams just, Move on, they, they change their mind, and I had to adjust. Yeah, we'll talk about the adjustments and really what your plan is.
2: But there is this thing, the 34-year-old sort of utility guy, they almost will say, give me the 22-year-old guy, because the clock thing isn't really what it used to be, keeping guys down in the minors. And they say for a, for a little bit less money and for a guy that might be a little bit more upside, we're going to bring this guy up. And you sort of become dinosaur-ish to be the guy who might be the 34-, 35-year-old utility guy on a the team these days.
3: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But there's also a, a part, too, that's like there's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played a ton at the major league level. I'm not getting 700 plate appearances. Like, I'm going through all the workouts, preparing, but obviously not seeing the field a ton. So there's something to that that's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 34 years old, or you could bring up a 22-year-old, but they might get more production. Who knows? You just never know. There's Everybody's a different player. Um but I've been fortunate enough to be on great teams. When Alex traded for me in that big money swap trade and came into 18, and, you know, I'll say it, like I was a, I was a part of that winning team to get the Braves back on track. I, I felt like I did my part. And now since then, the Braves obviously have a lot of ton of – they have a ton of great players, superstar players that, you know, are pulling the load, but, you know, you have to have everybody to kind of help tug at one end of the rope. Right, I don't think um, any team's won without a guy. Nick
2: and I have talked about this. I don't think you win without a guy who is never going to be the best player, not going to be the second best player. But there's a guy in the room that you go, "Oh, that guy gets what we're trying to do here, and he's going to help us because he understands what we're trying to do here."
3: Yeah, you need a few of those players. You obviously need your your all stars. You, it's great to have Ronald Acuna, Austin Riley, Matt Olson. Like you, you keep going down the list. Like for Braves fans, like you have to be excited for the future and for right now. Like it's really fun to watch them, but you need a whole team. You need more than 26 guys. It's just how it is guys get hurt and other guys have to fill in. I was very fortunate to be one of those guys to have filled in to help out this team get back on track. Um, I'm not saying I was the only one that, that did my part, but I take a lot of pride in being that utility player that filled in for Ronald when he got hurt in 18 and, Filled in for Ozzy and Dansby, and like, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty humble guy, but I'll have to give myself some props for doing those things too, for being called upon. I mean, I'm, I wasn't an all-star. I wasn't ever the best player, but I feel like the time that I had in Atlanta and my role wasn't too bad. Did but you
1: sense it just fit, though, because the fans, everybody seems to still embrace you in the city of Atlanta. To a certain extent, I understand being a hometown person, that helps, but the fit just seemed right.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it worked out. Um, It worked out. Uh, I try my best to always be available to fans. Um, I'm still, you know, a professional baseball player that goes out and and gets my work in. But I always try my best to take the time out to be willing to talk to fans, to kids, to help out, to give them advice, to show them that, like, you can do both. It's not like a one-sided thing where you are just a baseball player and you're put up on a pedestal and, People look at you and you're not human. Like, come on, yeah. we, we, we're just blessed with the ability to play a game and get extra chances.
2: So let's go back to the pitching thing in high school. Could do you believe, looking back, you could have been a guy who minor league pitcher with a chance to make it up to the bigs? Yes. You do? Yeah. Okay. So what was the swing? How did you become the everyday player? Like, what was the moment that somebody said, okay, but you're not a pitcher now. Now you're a guy who's going to try to earn a spot being an everyday player. Like what was the, what was the trans- transition?
3: There was one specific day. It was my birthday and, uh, and my senior year in high school. And I remember I was four for four that day with two home runs and I got up to 96 on the mound. So I pitched, had a great day at the plate. And one team was like, uh, they emailed me and they're like, Hey, you know, we like the way, um, that you play this and that. We'd love to invite you to our pre-draft as a pitcher. And I remember emailing them back and saying, Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. But what about as a shortstop? And they're like, oh, we view you as a better pitcher. And I'm like, no, you know, I believe I can do it as an infielder, as a position player. And I was able to. Maybe not to the extent of some of these great careers. But again, I'll go back to it. Like, I had a goal in mind, and I made it to the big leagues as a position player and was able to scratch out almost eight full seasons that way. But I knew that I could pitch, too. And I, I feel like my arm's fresh. I don't have many innings in my arm. Yeah, i my on. Yeah, work that to your advantage. Charlie Culberson
1: yeah. here in studio with us. So what's that initial conversation with Alex Anthopoulos like when you tell him you want to be a pitcher?
3: Well, the second time they took me off the roster because, you know, I can't just be optioned back down to the minor leagues. It's either you're on the active roster or you're not. And I remember talking to my wife, Sarah, and then I called Alex and I said, hey, I, I kind of see where this is trending for me. What if I try to pitch? And, you know, they see me pitch before, and Alex is like, yeah, I think it's great. Why not? And, you know, for them, it, it's not much for the Braves. Sure, go to AAA and sure. go on the development list for however long, and you only have two months less, left of the season. So i built up for six weeks just working at pitching and getting my arm in shape, and then it's up to me, right, to go down there and throw and see what I got. So and what's I, it like, though, to watch a game or sit Because bullpen guys were a little bit strange. That group
2: is a little <laughs> bit different than everybody else. Now you're in that group what's it like to actually go watch a game from down to the ballpark
3: yeah you have some guys that are they are locked in on every pitch they have, they have the routine and some guys just try not to think about the game as much you I mean for the most part you're in the outfield behind the fence you're away from the game sometimes you can't even see the scoreboard in a a parks so you really don't know what's going on it's like it's really hard to really focus and pay attention to like every pitch and the the inning and the the score and all that and what guys are doing. Um, I think it's just like a position player that's coming off the bench. You just find a routine that that fits you and helps you stay locked in. Now, the weird part was
1: you take the mound last September and what you give up, two earned runs in almost three innings. Mm -hmm. And as a pitcher over seven and a third, you didn't give up that many runs. But all things considered, it was a
3: success as you came off the mound that day, right? Yeah. I mean, I I started two innings, got through both innings, came in with one out in my last appearance um, to finish an inning, and I finished the inning. You know, I gave up a couple of long fly outs, and then I, I gave up singles. I had strikeouts. I got swing and miss. I walked the very first batter I faced on a 3-2 pulled fastball. So I feel like I was able to go through a lot of scenarios in just three appearances, whether it was my first outing was mo- mostly fastball cutter, some sliders. The next one was mainly sliders. The last outing was a lot of cutters. So, like, I was able to do a lot of things, face a lot of lefties. So what's the plan when you get
2: on the mound this early into this? I know you pitched and I know you watched these games because as a utility guy, yeah. you have to be aware because that's how you're going to be on a team. The following year, you have to be a guy who understands the game. You have to have probably a pretty good baseball IQ. Is the plan, like, what's the scouting report situation for you? Now you're reading the other end of a scouting report. So what's that like for you? Well, I know how hard it is as a hitter to hit. And you think you have an advantage, kind of, as a pitcher, do you not? Sure. Okay. I do. So explain that. Why do you think you have an advantage now?
3: Well, as a hitter, you know, especially at the major league level, you have all these scouting reports. You go over everybody at the beginning of the series, and then the next days you go over the starter. And so you understand that what those pitchers do really well, and you try to eliminate a certain pitch. Whether it's your nastiest pitch, whatever it may be, you eliminate but I understand as a hitter, like how tough it is to even hit pitches that aren't perfect pitches from a pitcher. Like pitchers miss all the time. Some miss more than others. And you just have to, as a hitter, you eliminate pitches. And I understand that guys that have really good spin, you have to swing above the ball. Like you're swinging one or two balls above it, which is kind of crazy to think about. Or if it's a high spin breaking ball, you're thinking about swinging underneath the baseball to hit it. And so understanding that gyro sliders are are tough to hit and hard sweepers and, you know, those those late-life fastballs that are high spin, high vert at the top of the zone are tough to hit. And so as a hitter, I've had the advantage of being able to try to hit those pitches, um, and and I know which ones are tougher than others. So I just... And you got to stay away from the middle of the plate. I mean, when push comes to
2: shove, isn't it? I don't want to make the game too simple because it's not. But you probably know, oh, I, it, when it leaves your hand,
3: yeah, do you sort of know oh, that, this might not turn out well.
2: Like, yeah, are I you mean, aware
3: of that? Yeah, and and the guys that you know that I've faced that are more wild than others, like you can see balls that are just spiked out of the hand or, or fastballs that aren't even close. That makes those pitches that are down the middle even better to hit because you can just eliminate so many pitches. But if a guy has a better feel for the strike zone and making good pitches, then it's just, it's a tougher at bat. And so if you're more around the zone, you're hitting your spots better, it doesn't necessarily mean that your pitches have to be that much better. Location is better than stuff sometimes.
1: Charlie Culberson here in studio with us. Like we said, reinventing himself as a pitcher going down to spring training. What, next Friday? You're going to be headed down? So... In the offseason, you work with a pitching lab. What does that teach you more so than anything else?
3: Yeah, I mean, I told myself, too, like, if I'm going to try and make this switch, and now I'm making a big switch, I'm switching positions, like going to be a pitcher, I can't just work out on my own. I can't just throw on my own. Like, I know that that would probably be okay. But at this point in my career, I've got to have extra help to guide me with mechanical stuff, with – Thought, extra thought process on, on grips and, you know, how to attack hitters and my body, like body awareness on the mound. Um, this is the time to kind of clean all that stuff up. But then once you get on the mound, it's all about competing and just giving it your best, your best stuff. I, Same when, thing. When did this pitching lab stuff
2: start? I'm trying to figure it out because they are called <laughs> pitching labs, and they're real yeah. things now, whether it's biomechanics. They're trying to figure out pressure points. They're trying to figure out how to keep guys healthier. I don't even know when this began.
1: And I guess you find out more about, it sounds strange to say, but you find out more about your own body, right? Because I guess you were quoted as saying everybody's body is yeah. obviously different. So your, your mechanics are going to be different.
3: Right. And there's only so many things that you can change. I feel like my body is set up a certain way. I'm not going to be able to move like Spencer Schreider on the mountain. Uh-huh. Like his foot opens up a lot better than my front foot opens up. And that's just part of it. Like, I'm not going to go have surgery or whatever to try to, like, correct my body and how it's formed, you know. So everyone's different. But we can all, you know, learn from some of the guys that move really well on how they, you know, with their leg kick and how they load and then how they free fall down the mound. But you...
0: $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy. Celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
2: Arm slot to me is always the one. That, mm-hmm. Like If you start screaming with an arm slot, to me, you're yeah. just
3: screaming to get hurt. Yeah, so everyone has a natural arm slot, and I feel like there's a natural way to adjust and clean that up. Like, I don't need to be throwing straight over the top or, or being submarine pitcher like and just start to do something off the wall crazy. It's, here I am, let's clean up what I've got and go from there.
2: Have you figured out, do you move righty-lefty? Have you moved on the mound, or have you figured out where you need to be on the mound? That's the other thing guys have to figure out.
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel like naturally you want to move more towards the – Third base side to kind of crowd a righty, and then your cutter or your breaking stuff will come in better to a lefty. Um, so I think it's just me adjusting. And, you know, I've only thrown in, I threw in three games at the end of the season as an actual pitcher. I think that's just up to me to figure out like what's comfortable for me with angles on how I'm feeling that day.
1: So let's talk about life. Three kids now, and you're going back down to spring training. Again, the kids are getting a little bit older and there's a lot of juggling going on now right as opposed to when you first started your career
3: yeah i mean you know sarah and i talk about this a lot you know when the kids were younger it was spring training was a really fun time for us because they might not be in school yet and we just all go out and break up that part of the off season they get to go and you know lay by the pool and go to baseball games and you know go out and eat some good food and just it just changes things up and now that. They're all in school and doing their own thing and getting older. and makes it a lot tougher for us. Tell everybody what age. Yeah, they're um, eight, and almost 7. So 5th, 2nd, and 1st grade. How many different activities are going on with three kids these days? Each kid really is doing two different things each. And so when you have dad home helping out for four straight months or the best that I could, that helps out mama too, right? And now that I'm leaving... It's more on her plate. And it's not we're not the only ones that are in that boat. Like everyone else has to go through what was the, certain things. That, I don't know if it's a kitchen table conversation. What was <laughs> the conversation with your wife about about doing this? Sarah said if I don't think if I didn't think that you could do this, I'd tell you to stay home. She was just honest with me. But she has hundred percent confidence in me and my ability and the headspace that I've had this offseason. She goes, Since I believe in you that you can do this I'm okay with you going. So she's always was, been behind me in my career.
2: So she understand. I don't want to say this, but she understands enough about baseball. Yeah. As well as you, personality-wise, that yeah. this is realistic enough to go away for seven weeks, maybe go away for a few months on top of that, and she's okay with it.
3: Yeah, I mean, last year was really hard for us with the juggling, getting a chance to you know, fill in in Atlanta, but she's like, you were in Gwinnett for two-thirds of the season, but it still feels like you were away you know and it's just tough it is it's tough um i I don't i don't
2: don't know if this is a fair question or not is this a want or a need for you is this a want thing or
3: is this a need thing for you maybe a little both like i want this because i know that i can do it uh a need in what sense i don't want to retire Uh, I don't want to be sitting on
2: my couch in May. Like Charlie Morton told you. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm going to miss the crack of the bat. I'm going to miss the roar of the crowd. That's stuff that you're going to be thinking about. Charlie Morton said it anyway when he's 70 years old.
2: And he's
3: got a family situation similar to yours. He likes his family. Yeah, he loves his family. He loves his his wife and kids and loves being there with them.
2: But I think there's a need for some guys that I... And it's not because of ego. It's I don't want to leave meat on the bone. I don't want to ask myself 10 years from now, could I have done this? That to me is is the difference between want and need. Want, I want to keep yeah. playing baseball. Need is I don't want to have to think about this somewhere down the road as to whether I could have done it or not.
3: Well, I, you know, I've had great support, and whether it's family or friends, you know, that you we all have those people that you go to. And the honest for, guy. Yeah, yeah, for good advice. And, you know, I think last August and September was a thing that kind of did it for me. If I would have went out and, you know, I was – 88 to 90, I wasn't spinning the ball good. I was just getting crushed in those few appearances. Wasn't throwing any strikes, walking everybody. Then I could have said, you know what? I gave it a shot. But I feel like I was able to do some really cool things analytically too because let's be honest, baseball is very analytical now. Like I feel like I'm a – I was a decent enough utility player that brought a lot to the table that helped in any way that I could – but I'm not hitting the ball 95 off the bat all the time, and I'm not the fastest guy out there. I guess I don't wow the, the numbers guys enough to keep me around in that role. But spinning a baseball, like, I feel like I fare pretty well. And, again, i am got swing and miss, and those are the things that allow me to say I can do this. And so, yes, it's more of a need in a sense of I don't want to say – what if what if right right and so now i'm giving it a shot and in my mind i know i can do it
1: And that's the conversation we talked about this on the air yesterday charlie that you chris had with jeff
2: Francoeur. right no doubt he was in a similar situation jeff was looking at a minor league contract possibly after he'd had a pretty good run with philadelphia's mm-hmm. pinch hitter and he, he you know, he's pissed why am i on a minor league deal Why? you know i don't know if i want i said you don't know if you want to I said, again, I want you to think about this. I think he had two kids at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, it'll be May or June, and you're going to hold one kid, and your wife's going to be on the other side of the room, and you're going to be pissy. And then she's going to be pissy because you're not really being the father you're supposed to be because you're angry. Or you're just, you didn't do what you thought you should have done or what you could have done but just got ego, said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I don't think that's a win for anybody. You know, make it, make them rip the uniform off you. At least you're telling me. What I hear, what I hear is if you were throwing 88 and walking, guys, you don't want to be a clown show. You don't want to be a exactly a sideshow. Right, right. And you would have known that last yes. year if it did not go well. Exactly.
3: Okay. And again, I've had great support from Braves country. Um, but I want to be viewed as like, here's a guy that's coming in. Obviously, I'm not getting any special treatment. I'm going to minor league camp. Yeah. Like I told backfields, backfields, and like, hey, you'll you. We're going to be backing up big league games. And I told my daughter, she's big into dance and like she's going through some things. And I'm, as a parent, you want to be a parent, but you want to be a friend too. And you try to do some like similarities. I said, Colin, this is like me being sent back down to the newbie side of dance, even though you're in the top of your class and you're having to work your way back up. Why? That's just what they told you to do. Like I said, there's a chance that dad is going to put on a Braves uniform and go in and pitch. With no name on the back of my jersey, something as simple as that, and a number, number that says eighty-four, 80, 84 yeah. my yeah. first major league <laughs> spring training number, eighty-four. Like that's a that's a hit to me. But then it's like, hey, you know, if, if this is how it's supposed to go, then so be it. Like sometimes we can't get all everything that we want all the time. And I think the other part with the the Jeff thing is he ends up calling games and he's back
2: in the organization. And I I tend to believe, and I think Nick and I have talked about this, I think you're going to be in baseball even when you're done playing baseball. So this, I don't want to call it networking, but there's there's something about doing this that you might learn for whatever it is the next thing might be.
3: I agree. Um, I'm not worried about what's after baseball because I know it all works out one way or the other. Yeah, we kind of, there's a question mark there because you want to do something that you enjoy and that you're good at. And that it works with your family, right? It, it's the dynamic has to work. Um, so I'm not really worried about that. I just know that I can I can do this. Um, I'm gonna have to go to minor league camp for the first time in like 14 years, but it is what it is, right? I don't really have much leverage. Yeah. Go down there, give it all I got. Show them that I can be a an effective major league pitcher. I can spin the ball because they want to see guys spin the ball. They want to see swing and miss. Like, let me get a crack at it. And they want to see guys who can quite
2: honestly stay healthy. You're up, you're down. Can you do it again? Can yeah. you repeat it? You know, it, you got to
3: be around a little bit. Yeah, being available. Being and available. again, I got, I got a um, not too the many innings fresh. on this arm. Yeah, yeah I went, true. I went through some farm fatigue and yeah. throwing a lot this off season, so I get it. I give pitchers a lot of credit because it's, it's a lot of work. Throwing off that slope is, is different, and being available to throw back to back days right. and throw a lot, it, it's work, and you have to put in that extra work. But I know how to put in work. Charlie Culberson uh, with us for a couple more minutes. So, w-
1: best case scenario, how do you see yourself as a, a setup guy, as a closer? If it all works out, what do you see yourself doing as a pitcher?
3: Best case scenario? Best case scenario. Closer,
2: right? <laughs> I mean, why not? So, you, you've you thought about, because most kids think about, oh, I hit the home run in the bottom of the night. Do you really have in your mind, gate opens, I got music, and I'm coming in to finish a baseball game? Like, have you envisioned
3: that? Why not feel that way? Yeah. Why not put those thoughts? I mean, they might be kind of far-stretched, but, like, why not, right? I've I've been the guy that's been hitting pitch-hit home runs, walk-off home runs in games. Like, as a kid, you envision those moments. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've been able to do some pretty cool things and be putting some pretty cool moments in to help a team out. It's like, do I want to just be the middle reliever in the big leagues? If that's what it is, sure, like, I can make it back as a major league pitcher. But why not want to have that strive to be a closer? You know, though, that those backfields, you're going to be around
2: 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds. You're going to see arms touched by God. There's probably going to be a moment where you're going to go, look at this guy. Mm -hmm. Um,
3: Have you thought about that a little bit? Because you're not going to be Yoda at that point. You're competing with guys. Yeah, I want to compete. Yeah, I, I don't want to be that guy, and I feel like I've never been that guy that, that just goes in and, and like, is just that old grumpy guy that's coming in and, like, you know, like. <laughs> you know, I was I, here for I, the start of this run right, with the Braves. Like, I've, uh, I've seen that other side. I was a young guy, and I've seen guys, like, just not have good attitudes. Like, I want to be a positive light for all these people that I'm around, even if they're an 18-year-old kid that's coming into spring training for the first time. Do you think there's going to be some 18 year old kid? Let's just say Idaho.
2: He has no idea who the hell you are, and he's looking around, going, "Who's the old guy?" Like on the backfields, like there's a chance
3: that's going to happen. Well, He doesn't right. look
1: 90 in his defense.
3: I'm going to trim him up. I'm going to. I'm going to. Oh, you are. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to come in looking like I'm 25 again. He'd say that about us. I don't think he'd say that about Charlie Culverson. Oh, these 18 year olds. They just. They don't. They have no filters. They're liable to just say stuff. Or like. Yeah. Or like Isaiah Drake <laughs> at the end of the season last year. goes. Hey, man, just want to let you know, like, I love watching you play for the Braves. And, like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Right. And Uh, now he's a young prospect, and it's pretty cool to see him. And I just want to give – it's cool to have the respect from these young kids, but, again, we're, like, we're on the same playing field. Yeah. We're competing. We're competing. It's, like, fun competition. Let's go and get after it. I'm not going to, like, make you look bad. Don't make me look bad. Let's do this together. And I feel like – that's just positive vibes going through, and I just want to be there to compete to win, jo- win a job too. But I'm going to help guys along the way. What if the 20 year olds are going out one night?
2: Is an off day tomorrow? You know, you're not going to get on a bus. You're going to go out with the 20 year olds? Like, do you think you will be invited? Like, how does that work? The
3: chaperone? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, how does that no, work? I can't, I can't do that. Right. Yeah, I got, got a, I've got a job to do. Like, I got kids at home. I got a wife at home. Like. My that's, my my job here is
2: a little bit different than yours. We're competing, but my life is a little bit different than yours. Yeah, like that's that's sort of what happens in these camps.
3: Yeah, but I mean, I'm I have one goal in mind when I get to spring training. Like, I'm not there to go out and have fun and make sure my golf game is great. Like, I'm gonna make sure my arm's good, and my body feels good, and I'm striking guys out on the field. Let's just be honest. That's just how it is. I don't. I'm not. This isn't. This is fun for me, but like. Now is the time to, like, get after it. Like, I don't have all this extra time just to fool around. Like, I'm going to go down there to spring training, and I've got to be ready.
1: As the great Apollo Creed once said, there is no tomorrow. And that's the attitude you have to take,
3: right? Exactly. I mean, I have to. And if not, I'm wasting my my family's time, that's too, it. with me being out.
1: All right, listen, we appreciate you coming in. I know you're headed down there next week. We're going to be down there the week of the 19th, so I'm sure our paths will cross down there. And uh, thanks for all the stuff you do outside the braves organization as well i know it uh where my son used to play east marietta you had a camp there last week you're doing stuff with the academy having kids uh play for you raising money for charity so kudos to you for doing all that stuff
3: as well yeah appreciate it come see me on the back though
1: we'll do we'll make our way back there i know that guy <laughs> not you from idaho the 19 year old that's charlie culberson charlie culberson here in studio with us on the family
0: minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy. Celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
3: Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundation sink or settle.